Early. Is Lawrence your real name? I'm not saying that's who I was born as, but that's the one I am here. Forget whatever the halflings wanted. Abandon the others if we can. And figure out where they've gone to! Welcome back to Married and Unique. Happy to have you again. My name is Bryce. I'll be the DM. And I'm Creepy, the Harpy. Let's just jump right into this. You are infiltrating a bar with Belore. It is somewhere where you've tracked down a ring of drug smugglers. Oh, I got <laughs> that an actual ring. I'm like, how'd you fit? <laughs> how'd you fit? <laughs> Just smuggling into a ring. But no, okay. No. <laughs> it's like the opposite of, you know, a thousand angels on a pin. Like a million drug smugglers in a ring. Uh, that's what Maybe, is it is it like one of those Minecraft boxes that keeps spawning the bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you destroy the ring, there'll be another drug smuggler. <laughs> so... You've tracked them down to here. You know this is their sort of gang hideout. It's in one of the seedy parts of Lua under gang control where you remember that as City Watch, you didn't go to this part of town. And you've tracked them down to here. Belore has been by your side in this, but I'll let you take the lead. Wait, which one's Belore? Is that my elf friend? Yeah, to remind you of him, Belore is an elf. Uh, Everybody just calls him Blore. But you decided to not to. He, uh, you don't really know what he's too capable of yet. He actually kind of brought you in on this for your, as part of a training thing, give you a feel of some other missions around the city so you aren't always dealing with this whole halfling menace stuff and, and, you know, a distraction from the elven rebels and things like that. So something, you know, down to earth, easy, you know, local drug smugglers. <laughs> Uh, you think that he brought you on because you compliment some of his deficiencies. Like, he's good in his ways, but maybe, you know, stealthy break-in and entry isn't necessarily his strongest suit. Yep, th- this just means I don't have to do the talking, and I'm very happy about that, because my stats do not. Oh, this is not a talking mission for either of you. <laughs> <laughs> his his plan, and he's he's happy to let you, you know, fill in the details, but his plan was kick in the door and start shooting. Oh, nice. So you, you, I mean, you can go with that plan if you like, but you are also allowed to try and do something to somehow gain surprise initiative or whatever you want to do. Um, did he bring the smoke bombs? <laughs> that is a good point. You have smoke bombs, yes. In fact, we'll cut back briefly before we jump in to Yuri's workshop where he is helping outfit you with this. Uh, Belore has informed him that you're probably in for a fight, so he sent you to Yuri to see what he can give you. And Yuri is like, 
So what do you think you need? So Yuri, um, I've seen this happen before. We were um, there was this level, uh, this mage who had stolen a diamond to resurrect. Like you know, long story short, we were all going down this corridor late at night with our torches, right? And this mage turns around and then just waves his hand in the air, and suddenly all our torches like burst out like firecrackers. Everyone was blind for like a minute. It was um. Like, okay, not like for a whole minute, but it disoriented us enough that the guy technically, like the guy got away. And so I feel like if I'm rushing into a room and, you know, I want to surprise the guys, I want to have advantage or I want like, and I want them to be blind while I get in there and do stuff, then I think something like that would be great. Kind of thinks on this, like, you know, I do not do magic. I cannot give you this thing. Uh, I will give you better. Woo! And he basically goes over to where he's got this dummy full of arrows, and he takes a bunch of the arrows out, and then takes the armor off the dummy, and brings it over to you, and it's still got a few holes in it. But it's actually kept up pretty well, despite the arrows. So you get a studded leather plus one, and so first off, it has a uh, Victoria's Secret pocket in it, so you now may store small items in a... Um, it's down the cleavage, so yes. I just drop things down the cleavage, and it disappears into a parallel dimension. Yeah, a the bag of holding. Dimension. Exactly, but because it does fit in your cleavage, despite your ample cleavage, it will only fit small items. <laughs> it also has three little switches on it. You suspect that they're tied into this little bag of holding, so whatever is in these switches is actually tied to the bag of holding. You flip them, and something pops out. He says, I will find more ways to use this, but I give it to you now. And you are going with Belore. Yes? Yes. Uh, well, this might be like giving Jade Beakers to Ivan, but I trust it to you. Tell me how this goes. And the switches, they only do the one thing for now, and that is, when you flip one, you will do what you ask. There will be smoke bomb, there will be blinding light. Alright. Just a quick question. Who's Ivan, and why are you giving him jade toys? You do not know Ivan. Do I know Ivan? Ivan is nobody. Ivan is fool. That's why you do not give him your jade beakers. Okay, beakers, yeah, sorry, I thought you were... (laughs) Okay, so that's just a thing that gnomes say. I thought thing everyone says. Everyone knows an Ivan, no? I guess. Huh, you people do not speak well. Anyway, off with you. Good luck. Happy killing. Happy killing! (laughs) Anyway, pyrotechnics in hand. Um, I hope... Have I seen... Is Bellary carrying a sword or anything? A great sword? He dresses pretty well. Not quite like noble, but he dresses in like silk shirts. He generally wears that around the office. Although, and like during good portions of the investigation, he continued wearing things like that, if a little less showy. Though he carried a sword and a shield with him, just in case when you were doing this sort of early investigations. Now that you've identified this bar, which is called the Rat's Nest, now that you've identified it and are working your way in, he hits something and it becomes half-plate. Whoa. Now that's cool. I've always had this. Just an armor of disguise. It's super cool, though. It's... Yuri's very mad at me for using magical ways to do this when he's offered other ones, but it does work best. 
I have a concern as we go into this bar, Bellore. Yes, how can I help? Rats don't make nests. Uh, is that relevant? Is it a thieves can't thing? Can I roll for thieves can't? Sure, go for it. That will be infinite proficiency. 17. I mean, it's kind of... It's a little on the button for a thieves bar, so maybe they went slightly overboard to almost deflect attention. But you can also see, like, looking around the bar, that there is a fair amount of thieves can't. But it's kind of in layers. You can tell that this place has been the haunt of many different like, yes. groups of gangs that have kind of come in and out. So what are the what are the freshly painted thieves can't say? The newest stuff just confirms that there are things for sale here. All right, sounds good. Roll me one quick, just sort of luck. 19 on the dice. Okay. You've been watching this place, and you've got a relatively good idea of who you need to get and who is probably just kind of passing through. It's not the busiest bar, but there are patrons. And you wait for a time until pretty much every... Patron. Yeah, so the bartender probably is not in the line of fire for you. He just works there. But pretty much every other innocent have left the bar. All right. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, Ballore. Yeah, I suppose so. All right, I I press one of the buttons on my armor. All right. So you just want to jump in and go for it, yeah? Yeah. Okay, give me a perception before you do so. 26. One of the people you're targeting is keeping a watch on the front door. So if you just go running in, they will probably see you coming, and you won't get any sort of surprise. They'll have a chance to react. Now, you might still bank on your initiative and pyrotechnics working, but you won't get any sort of surprise around. Well, what about the window? Does it look very climbable? It's a kind of squat, one-story building, wooden walls, tall, thatched roof, kind of slumping. All right, um, I think this is the best time, but I don't think the window, like the door is going to be the best option. A lot of them that were trying to stop might scurry away, so... And the window looks kind of squat, too, but I could potentially misty step through it, but I don't know, it feels like a waste of doing that here, but it could still be useful. You can give me an investigate on that. Nope, I can't give you an investigate. What's the total? Oh, total. Yeah. It's a nat one plus <laughs> three for four. You think there's only the one door. You've kind of scouted this place a little bit in prep for when the actual attack would happen. So you think there's only the one door. I will watch the front door. You break in how you will, and on your side, I will break in through that way. And if anybody gets out, I'll be there. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to... This is a very straightforward mission. You know, we're just going to go get the bad guys and then come back. So I don't need to... I, I'll, I think I'll get a long rest, so I will waste the misty step. Plan is throw it in, go in with a misty step. Will that be an action to throw this? Yeah, it is an action to use. Is it a particularly... On that good perception roll that I had... Is it a particularly dark bar? Will I be able to hide somewhere? There's definitely like tables and chairs and 
stuff that once he gets thrown around a bit, as it probably will serve as some sort of basic hiding. There's the bar that you can jump behind. There are spots, but it will definitely require some sort of movement. All right, so um, I'm going to say, look, don't worry about people getting out then. Um, I, I think you're right. That's the only way. You just hold, come in, hold the door, and um, like you know, just come in when, the, when you see the light, flashing lights. Excellent. All right. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going I, through the window. I hopefully have a straight shot to, with the pyro, uh, pyrotechnics ball. Okay. Give me a stealth to approach the window and get close enough without getting this guy's notice. 20, not not. I'm going to give him a plus four to this. You approach this window stealthily, and you can have the surprise round. So let's get some initiatives. Command, good roll. Okay. Do you want me to roll for Bellori? Yeah, why don't you do that? He's got higher than me. Okay. He's at a 17. Bellori is at 17. I'm at a 12 plus 3 at 15. All right. So on the surprise round, everybody's waiting. Bellori's not expecting much surprise, so he's waiting for your sign. You're up. I misty step in, and everyone's like, what What the hell is going on? Pretty and much. I toss my um, ball, a ball of a glass ball towards the fire source and close my eyes so that I don't get blinded. So they're spread out a little bit in the bar. There's two guys around where you came in. They're watching different windows. And then there's four more kind of crowded around a long table in the back. So if you target those guys... You don't have to worry about a save. If you want to target the two that are watching, you'll have to make a save with them. Who uh, who are my targets? Human ruffians. There's, so all of them? Uh, there's one cat folk among them, but otherwise five humans. And these are all people you've been tracking down. And then there is, of course, the bartender in the back. All right, I'll throw to the back one so that I don't have to make a con save. It's a con save, by the way. I don't know what the okay. save is going to be. Let's give him some rolls. So you can use your whiz mod. We can it can be a spell casting DC. So that's eight plus proficiency plus whiz. So that's eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Okay, so that's one fail. Three fails. One passes. Three for four go blind temporarily. Till the end of my next turn, and that should have been the and that's the big group in the back. And and that should have been the same for Bellore. Yes, he is on the top of the order, and he comes crashing in and is going to go attack with advantage on these guys in the back. And he just comes in swinging. 14 plus 7 is going to definitely hit as he comes in glowing. Sword at them for... 16 damage, and he just slices through one and goes for a second. Who is also blinded, so advantage. That'll be another big hit. 17 damage. He bursts in through the door, and these guys are still trying to clear their eyes, and two are dead before they can even do anything. And then we've got the guards at your table, who jump up, kind of throw the table out of the way, and are going to make some attacks on you. 15 is now going to miss. It is. However, it just kind of like bounces off the armor. You can see it's got some, it's going to leave a little bruise, but it didn't stab through the armor. It makes a boing noise. Yes. 
although one gets you kind of in your exposed arm. He is going to deal, because he's got a friend. Only nine damage. All right. Your turn. I can disengage from these guys as a bonus action, right? You can, yeah. So I disengage from these guys, go next to my friend, and attack the guy who um, is blinded. Yeah, go blinded. for it. 13 on the dice plus 6, 19. That'll hit. 16 damage. That is enough to wipe him. There is only the sighted guard left there. He is going to bonus disengage and move around you out towards the door. He doesn't get all the way out, though. And Blore says, watch those other two. I've got him. And he turns around to chase this guy down. Actually, he shouldn't be giving the orders. What do you want to do? No, I'm happy with him. I'm okay. happy with Bellore taking the lead on this one. He's going to miss with his first attack. Second attack. That's a nat 20. <laughs> and smite him. Oh my gosh, he's doing smite damage. 15, 19. <laughs> 27, 30, 33, plus 6, 39 damage. As he chases this guy down, they, they he just gets out the door, Blora goes after him, and you just hear this like scream and sizzle as Blora steps back in the door. <laughs> Alright, I have friends now. Yeah, these two guards. So one is going to attempt to hide behind the throne over table. Uh, what's your passive perception? 19. Then he doesn't hide well enough. Like, he's hidden behind the table. He's taking cover behind it. But you can kind of, like, see which way he's going to dart out and throw a dagger at you. So he doesn't have any sort of advantage. I, I do my wiggle. Uh, let's see if he hits first. <laughs> nope. He misses. He Nat one, he throws a dagger. Like, it just slips out of his hand and drops to the floor. The other one is going to kind of dart behind the bar and try and make the same maneuver. They does not pass your passive perception either. However, he passes Belore's passive perception. So he's going to make an attack roll on Belore as he comes back in the door. Four plus three, 16 damage on him. How's Belore doing? He's okay, he seems. You're up. Bonus action hide. I, I jump behind the table. <laughs> like, everyone's hiding, so I'm going to hide. Uh, jumps behind the table for an 18 and stealth. You think you're hidden from them. Okay, I'm going to go for the guy shooting Bellore. So he's ducked behind the bar. You can stealth up kind of like to the edge of the bar and try and like sneak shot him. But he's got a plus two for partial cover. The other guy, he doesn't? From where you are, the other guy would have full cover. Okay, yeah, I'll take the guy with partial cover. 18? 18 is on the button. This guy has an AC of 16, plus two for partial cover. So 18 is on the button. Ugh, 15. You lodge a dagger in him, but he stays up. And Belore is going to go for the other guys. He rushes to this overturned table to take an attack on this guy. And he has two attacks, so just go once. I told you, I keep the good dice for a reason, and I give them to you when you're actually hitting my enemies. Then he uses his last smite. Jesus Christ, that guy. 19, 24, 30, 36 damage. 
as this guy is just destroyed. Last guy up has a dagger in him and hiding behind the bar. Now no longer hidden as you spotted him. He is going to attempt to make a hide. And he goes behind the bar just out of your sight. You hear the sound of a door opening and closing. And he is hidden from you. Frogs. There's a trap door or a door behind here. I'm going to go look for him. Okay. So there's the bar area with a the bartender just kind of like arms up against the wall. There are little doors leading to both of these rooms. Uh, can I roll for survival to see which? Because this place has got to be dirty as fuck. Yeah, you can try that. 19. Total? Yeah. I think you've still got to beat his stealth. So you're you're not sure. you got to make a guess. I opened the bigger room. Okay. I'll let you roll a second one, like a perception or investigate, if you like, with your bonus action. But we'll assume that like it's it'll be a tougher check since this is like your second round. Not one for ten, but still not one. You're not terribly sure where he is. Belore is going to come through. He jumps the bar. He'll check the other one and try to make a perception, see what's happened over here. He basically has to get a 19 or 20 match this thief's stealth. Well, he's been doing really good at getting that 20s. That's a 14. That's a 14. This thief disappeared. You're not sure where he is. I'll check behind the barrels in uh, in my room. Uh, actually, if I want to look in this room, I want to pers- uh, like you know, look, investigate in this room, but also before the bar area, see if there's an underground cellar. How do you tell if there's an underground cellar? Like, can I um, stomp the ground and see if it sounds hollow? Sure, I'll give you a perception on this room, kind of like as a general perception of both these things. 14 plus 9, 23. You're stomping around this room. You check the barrels. Nobody's in the barrels. And as you're stomping, it does sound a little hollow. Can I, is there a lever to pull it up? You actually don't think that the entry in, is in this room, but you think that it goes under this room. Okay, uh, I go out and try to find the... You tell us at Bellore? Yeah, Bellore, there's uh, there's an underground hatch cellar thingy. I will give him a another check to find this thing. He doesn't know. He he goes to the bartender and asks him, tell me where it is. Where'd he go? Uh, the bartender's just kind of silent. I've just, so it's not in this room. Can I... Uh... There has to, is there a specific area that's covered or anything like that, or that looked like it was previously covered? Dust patterns on it is different from the dust patterns on the rest of the thing, or it's been like you know things have been disturbed when it was. Do open you want to keep open. checking this room? No, In not this ways? room. I'll okay. check the other room. Okay, sure. You can give me a survival on that. Sure. Sixteen. So this spot there in the corner is like a broom closet. However, you can see that there's like kind of a flow of dust from it it almost seems like the whole thing might just lift up and then close and that causes this kind of floof of dust can i try opening it yeah once you just kind of lift it it just moves up and you can see a face looking back at me uh no a ladder going down okay i i um i can fly so i'm just going to you jump down it is. Oh wait! I tell Belore first. I'm like Belore. There's a. It's here. 
Okay. And I whoop down. It is dark down there. You don't have dark vision, so you can't see much. Shit, knew what that was. <laughs> but on a passive perception, you hear somebody running. It is a long corridor. Not, uh, it goes kind of underneath the bar and then keeps going. Um, is it just one single direction? Yeah. Yeah. I, I either knock into this guy or I knock into this guy. Um, bonus action dash, action dash, flying. Valori doesn't have anything to help you with. Uh, so as you're running and just outpacing him kind of badly, he is going to throw a shield of faith on you. Nice! Uh, and hope you can catch up with this guy. So Is the shield of faith glowy? And in which case, coincidentally spill some light into the room. Doesn't say so, no. Uh, so give me a perception at disadvantage. Come on, two not 20s. That's still a 22. So you're just catapulting down this corridor as fast as you can. It's not quite as long as 120 feet, so you're moving that way, and you start to realize there's a few passages passages kind of off to the sides, and this catfolk fellow, who was the last one left, with dark vision, was hiding in one of them trying to get the jump on you. You saw him, though. So he does not have advantage on this attack. But And in fact, you see him and stop before he has the chance to take an opportunity attack. It's still his normal turn because he moves before you, so this would have been... Uh, so he's going to attempt to make an attack. He will try to hide first, kind of using the darkness and your dark vision against you. He does so as he just kind of lo- he loses himself in the darkness and then suddenly it, he's kind of like at a different side and stabs at you. Magic number's 18. That's a 19. So he will get a sneak attack for 18 damage on you. Ouch. And you're up. He is no longer hidden because he had to use his bonus action to hide first. Well, I I can only attack him twice. Action attack and bonus action attack. One is a 19 on the dice. One is a 15 total. The 19 will hit. I'm going to stab him for, that's not too bad, at 9 damage. Fortunately, you'd already brought him down to about 3 HP with the first dagger. Nice. And you wipe him here. <sighs> Belora catches up with you. You got him in the dark. That's not too bad. Do you, I'm sorry if this is a bit insensitive, do you see well in the dark? Not at all. Valori, where are you? <laughs> and I try to reach out for his hand. so that I, Because um, I th- I'd like to think Enrica's just a little bit afraid of the dark. And she's like, she's like, I can't see. And then there's a dead man dying on me. And she holds onto his hand so that he can take her to without tripping. Because now she has to walk back instead of flying back and avoiding all the ground. Yeah. Valore takes your hand and leads you out of here, and that's the opener. Wait, don't we want to retrieve the drugs? Other people will come in. You guys don't specifically exist very well. So Valore and yourself probably, you know, send a tip to the guards and the captain. Uh, let them know that this is now a place that they can and should access again. 
and they'll mop up this mess and deal with the problems. Nice. At least as best as they can. But we could take the drugs. <laughs> Ballora's like, uh, first off, there's probably too many, and I don't really feel like carrying bags of drugs through the city. Second off, if we ever needed any of these things, for whatever reason, I'm sure Chickpea could get them for us. Okay. I was just thinking Yuri could do, like, you know, if he can do firebomb smoke explosions, he can also probably do drug explosions. <laughs> you haven't been here very long. Trust me, he's tried. So let's fast forward. You've no, had a I want to walk through the city okay. back to thing with Bellore. Sure. He hits his disguise armor thing, and now he just kind of looks like a dapper individual in it with a sword and a shield. It is a long sword, kind of thin elven make, not quite a rapier, but hmm. a thinnish long sword. Got a slight curve to it. He's tallish, like kind of brownish, reddish hair. He's got very fair skin, as elves generally do, and wavy, longish hair. Mm. Uh, and I tell him, well, um, that, that, that was great in there, and forgive me for asking, but um, do you follow one of the aspects, or is your god more elven in nature? Uh, no, I'm Thuluin. Generally follow the aspect of the father. That's, um, you know, I have seen, I have met many paladins who follow the aspect of the father as well. Uncommon for a soldier like me, actually. Really? So, and he kind of describes to you the, a lot of soldiers worship aspect of the sword. You know, a lot of merchants do as well. It's sort of a, it represents like conflict and victory, so people who kind of view their jobs adversarial, regardless of if it's actually fighting, will often choose that as their aspect in life. Uh, the aspect of the father is more knowledge and justice. Hmm. I knew another harpy once who also um, was like, you know, paladin in nature and followed the aspect of his father, so I just thought, you know, that was common. Sorry, I haven't met many People who refer them to themselves as soldiers in... I mean, the city guard aren't exactly soldiers. They are They are part of the home guard, which is one of the six sections in the Vluid military. They are definitely not legion, and I can assure you as a ex-legionnaire that the legion is very aware that the home guard are not legion. So what made you join Section 7? They offered... And I am nothing if not a soldier who takes their orders. And who would refuse a Monte de Oca? You can say that again. I feel like sometimes he's like just watching me, but then sometimes I feel like he doesn't know I exist. It is safe to assume in this business that you are always being watched. How do you, like, how long have you known Ricardo? Do you know Ricardo? No. I mean, I've been working in Section 7 for six, seven years now. He has been my supervisor throughout, and I can't say I know the man. And considering everything that's going on the Elven Lands, and I'm not, 
I'm not trying to be antagonistic at all, but how do you feel about serving the Valuan military after? You were in Ganache recently, were you not? Yes. And did you do Dahlia's training with Renato? Yes. And he gave you the speech about the building? Yes. He missed something. Something that I consider very important. Before I tell you, I just want you to know that I was born and I grew up in the Elven lands. But those have been Valuan since my father's time and his father's time and his father's father's time. And I'm as Valuan as much as anybody else. I have no other origin but Valua. I know she doesn't say I don't sympathize with the people who are fighting against Valua who have never been under Valuan control, or who have only recently come under there. But do you know how the Round Chamber really started? No. Well, you might have mentioned it was that the Empress gifted it to the nobles and the people of Valua as a some sort of allowance for them. But it was started as a protest. They took over the Round Chamber, much as the elves did, and you thwarted them. But they took over the Round Chamber and held it hostage, because it was at that time one of the abodes of the Imperial family, and demanded that they do not treat the city like they treat the elves. So in a way, the elves are the reason why there's any sort of democracy in Valua, and why Valua is working on being better. And I guess now that the now that something similar to that has been achieved in Valua, the elves want something some sort of peace for themselves. I think that fight is one worth fighting for, and one worth fighting for not just for myself, but for all the other even humans in the feudal lands which are treated almost as bad. I've only heard stories of wells far beyond. Let's go get something very Valuan. And he kind of goes by to get you curry pies and explains that pre-Elven influence, basically like Valuan street food was pickles and bread. And like (laughs) spicy things, that, that, that all comes from the homelands. Nice. Now that makes me want to visit the homelands a lot more. The good peppers, the ones that get really spiced, the ones that really... Like, make this food sing, they don't survive transport. You are missing out. Is it true what they say about the forests, though? Are they still very... My father, like, used to tell me stories about there, and he said they were very vicious. The forests are indeed vicious. (laughs) Like, when's the last time you were back in the homelands? (laughs) He laughs, like, Sometime. Although, I've never really seen the forest. Well, next time I go, I should take you with me then, huh? (laughs) I will show you all the best ways to eat there. I'll hold you to that. All right. We will pop forward a little while. A couple of days after all of this has happened, so all of your rests and things back up. Your various uses of things restored as Yuri gives you the things you need. Um, I also ask, Yuri, I need to see in the dark. Hmm. I'm working on a thing. 
They are very bulky right now. Dead giveaway. Cannot be sneaky in them. I'll try to get this for you sometime soon. It must be small. I am thinking tiny lenses in eyes. That sounds great, Yuri. I can't wait to see what you come up with. But they will have to be green. And they will have to hold in place with spikes. Sounds good. And I slowly back out to Chick Pete's office. <laughs> Chick Pete is like, Hey, hey, how you doing? Pete! New set of tools serving you right? Yeah, the tools are great. Um, Pete, um, Yuri wants to put spikes in my eyes. Do you have a better option for dark, uh, for seeing well in the dark? Got a few pairs of goggles that might do something. Not very stylish. Ain't gonna help you too much. I mean, as far as not being noticed. They're kind of dead giveaways. But I can give them to you. Well, as in, do they shine light out? Or is it just gonna help me see a little bit better? Yeah, I'll just help you see a little bit better. Why would... I'm in the dark. Who is going to be looking at me? Why was... Why is... Other people with dark vision? Other people with these goggles? And he kind of brings out these weird steampunkish green goggles. Yeah, but... You know, they're going to see me anyway. This just lets me see them. So I don't think it's a problem being seen when I can see them too. I'm just saying that you aren't going to look inconspicuous. If you're trying to hide and they spot you anyway, it'll look suspicious. That's true. But then, <laughs> yeah. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Chickpea. Also, they're relatively common. So if you get patted down and they find them, they'll probably know what they are. Ugh. Can't you get me better ones? I trust Yuri for that. Yeah. He's working on getting something smaller. Yeah, but Yuri wants to put spikes in your eyes. Oh, he just says things like that, and he only does it, like, one in five times. Um, I put on the things, and I'm like, yep, I fix the straps up, and I'm like, thanks, Chickpea, you're the best. Gives you a thumbs up. I know. And you have a meeting with Dahlia today. Ooh. You're still kind of doing some training things. So you meet with her every couple of days to check in, see what other assignments have come in for you, what she wants you to be doing. She's just trying to make sure you get a good sampling of things to be doing, good exercises and learning you know, your job. Hmm. I, I, I go in and I'm like, hey, Dahlia, how are you doing? Dahlia is sitting there. So she is in her own office today, which is big, but kind of like, sparsely populated room just very simple standard desk filing cabinet with a number that looks like it doesn't really have much in it she's only got a few papers on her desk and there are two chairs in the front one empty for yourself and the other for lawrence who was sitting there i tried um can i roll for perception as i walk very slowly and like you know try to chat up and like you know just be like you know vaguely present i want to know what's on her desk Sure, investigate or perception? Give me an investigate, yeah. 17 plus 4. You get a quick peek at it and can see it's for missions you haven't heard about. Hmm. But she kind of like sweeps it off the desk as you get closer. And Lawrence stands up as you enter to shake your hand. Like, I shake How you doing? Long time no see, Lawrence. Welcome back. I go in and out. Mm -hmm. Glad to be back. This is like a second home. We miss you here. Well, 
save that for the end of uh, this next week. As Dahlia comes and says, like, we do have another mission for you. It's going to be one here in Valua as well. Something we've kind of stumbled into. Actually, Lawrence brought it up, and I think it would be useful for you. The point being is that your cover identity, now working in the guard at the Temple of Ganesh, has taken a little bit of notice, apparently, among halfling circles. So we're going to attempt to install this alias using Lawrence as our in to try and get you in on some of the cells. And by cells, I mean halfling spirings here in the city. Okay. We keep tabs on most of them. And Lawrence obviously is a great help in counteracting, making sure to feed them as much false information as they are getting real information. He nods. You have to give them a little bit of both so they don't get too suspicious. But we think it would be useful to bring another person in. One that we could potentially abuse a little more openly than we can risk compromising Lawrence. There has been too much activity from them recently, and there's been too much we haven't been seeing coming, namely some of the things you've been involved with recently. So clearly if there's more out there, we need to get more people involved in this. You've attracted notice as a new member of this guard. I think it's time for you to work with Lawrence to start infiltrating this ring. Sounds good. I can do that. I'll leave you in his hands. You two report back to me. Look out specifically for any information on this Anyaokak or the people he's associated with. Um, I won't be surprised again by them. Sounds good. And and, and before we go, I'm like, so how's Renato? Shaken slightly from the incident, but he is indomitable. He continues to work just as hard. (laughs) I'm going to get fired for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm like, he could use some comforting of the feminine kind, I think. And I and I just and this is me beelining Lawrence to the out the door with this, like so that she because she doesn't like you know throw a dagger my way or something. You're bothly. You're taking him out and using him as a human shield. Yes. The only dagger she shoots at you with her eyes. <laughs> as Lawrence takes you out of here, like, like, Lawrence, you need you can't tell me that you don't ship them. Well. I mean, obviously, yeah. Thank you. Belisa was like, no, nah, she doesn't see it. Like, ugh. and I'm like, Belisa, you don't know. You, you, Belisa's obviously too young for true love. There's a lot of broken people come around these parts. I mean, I think if you don't have some sort of trust issues, you don't make a very good spy. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. But let's get down to the point here. I think I've got an opening for you. They've talked about it, and I think I found the right sort of group to put you in on. And I give a little bit of background on this. The emissary. I think you met him. Oh, that In fact, that we met guy. him together. Mort Hemnon. He's not the ambassador ambassador. He's with the staff. He's been placed there by the minister as an attaché to the diplomatic mission, and his goal is to lead some of this. I'm not quite his right hand, but close, so I oversee a lot of his operations. One of the things I'm doing is getting a bit of a cell together of of other dissidents here in Belua. Of course, I'm working a little bit both sides, more human than not, 
So I'm watching over them, and I think it would be good to have a closer view. And given that they've kind of been talking and noticing you, I think this is the right time. So I'm going to set you up with these fellas. Your goal is to ingratiate yourselves to them. Get to know them, figure out their plans, foil sorts of intel gathering that might come too close to things we don't want them to know, and most importantly, figure out what they do know, what their real purpose is. Alright, but um, I'm curious to know, I might hit up Hefe first, um, just because how do they know who I am? Like, I don't understand. So you've established this alias ever since the instant at the castle. You were talking about getting a... Uh, Jules. Yeah, Jules had been invited to kind of join the guard there, which is a pretty prestigious role. Yeah, so, but... And I mean, like, you, it's only like part-time because it is a cover identity and stuff like that. But you do occasionally take shifts there and you're getting to know people there and establishing your contacts and whatnot. Hmm. But how is word getting from there, which is very Valuan and very... They, I don't think they hire any halflings there. Do, do I know any of the halflings who work there? You don't know any halflings that work there, no. So how are they getting the information that they need from the round chambers? He kind of looks incredulously like, What do you think we're doing? Espionage. This is our job, is to trade and find information. You are now in a relatively high-profile job, the sort that they might want to use in the future. They look at you as another one of these potential contacts, just as you were looking at Emilio and Jefe. Huh. Huh. What they don't know is what you actually are, and that's the trick. Yeah, but Mort knows that I don't like him. Well, we'll keep you away from Mort as long as we can. Yeah, let's do that. Because he's... Spoke about killing me, I think. Well, he caught him on a bad day. His good days aren't much better. <laughs> Alright, um, I'm not the best at lying or telling the truth, but tell me where to be. I'm going to leave this a bit in your hands. I'll trust that you know your skills best, and you make of this what you will. Like Dahlia said... One of the most important things is that we get as much information from them as we can, preferably about these elves. Now, I'm setting you up with these specific folks because I think that they might be more in the know. Mm. Again, they, they report above and around me, and getting somebody in there might be helpful. Okay. I say that because they're folks that is working some of the same ways that the elves were. And he kind of gives you the rundown of this ring. So there is a halfling from the delegation in charge. His name is Raymond Coombs. Then the other two are catfolk, Gaius and Brutus. Huh. He only has their first names and not their whole long names. Well, that'd be a mouthful to remember too, so... And he will set you up to meet in a tavern with them. Do you want to give me a tavern name? The Pretty Bull. Okay. And that will be in Finn's Beck. It's a quiet part of town. 
not much going on. It's kind of off some of the main routes. Sort of a upper middle class neighborhood. It looks kind of like one of these gentrified hipster bars, but it's currently pretty much empty except for these two cat folk. I go in and I order some food. I think that there's a specific order you were instructed to make. Can I have the slow-cooked oats with hazelnuts, cream, and lemon curd, please? And you get the sort of return phrase back of, At this time of night, better watch your figure. And this bartender gestures you into one of the private rooms where there are these two catfolk waiting. I go in and I'm like, evening, gentlemen. The first one comes over and gestures to kind of like go for a pat search. And also he says just like, weapons on the table. I don't think I've carried anything with me. Okay. Wait, let me roll for luck. No, I rolled good. So I did not carry my goggles with me. Okay. He checks you through, and once that's through, just for you to sit down. Lawrence has high recommendations for you. He seems to have a good opinion of me, yes. As this first one's kind of staring at you, waiting in silence for you to say more, the other one butts in and says, well, why? I was talking about how it didn't sit right with me. What happened to those elves? Just, yes, I was there. Yeah, I was there. Of course I was there. Just, that shouldn't have happened. That's too harsh a consequence for for the crime committed. Give me some sort of perform, persuade, whatever you like. Oh, no. Can I get advantage? I actually rolled it. sure. 16. He kind of nods at this. And what about the harpies? This your fight, too? I can't speak for everyone. I can speak for me. I can just say there are stories of what we used to be and what we used to have. There will be generations who will not know about what they've lost at all. Kind of nods. This other one is still kind of like quiet and just kind of giving you this weird stare. The um, Put a road over the graves of my father's. It's not right. Don't care for the halflings either. But Fluin's got my area, and that's what matters. You know what they say? Enemy of my enemy is my friend. Good enough for me. Good enough for me. And he like stands up to kind of like shake hands. Brutus, quiet ones, guys. That's enough names for now. What are we calling you? I want to go. I want to. I don't want to go with you. You have to assume that they know this identity anyway, uh, but you are welcome to come up with something else. Name's Jules. You can just call me the Harpy. I like that. We could call you the Harpy. Sounds fun. Wait, that sounds like a bad idea. Because now they'll know whenever there's a Harpy that there could be the (laughs) Harpy. Uh, Just call me Harpy. Alright. We can go with Harpy. You start spending some time with these guys. And you're still kind of maintaining a bit of your secret identity and going to work at the castle of Ganache. However, you're not really supposed to be in touch with Section 7 throughout good chunks of this until... Until, until I have information. Advised. Yeah. 
you do, however, occasionally get dead drops. And those are basically... So the first one Lawrence arranged with you basically two days out. So two days after this, you're supposed to go to a specific address and look just around the gate. There will be a small garden in the back. There is you know, a specific tree and under a rock there, you will find a small chest where you will have further instructions and you are also allowed to leave a note. Mm. The instructions will give you any other sorts of information you need to be apprised of as well as the location of the next dead drop. So this is sort of your communication with Section 7 throughout this mission, unless the dead drop tells you otherwise. And you got this from Lawrence before any of this started. He advised you of this. So you spend some time hanging out with these guys. As a way of sort of summarizing a couple days, what do you want to be doing? My biggest like focus is going to be not like not showing them that I speak thieves can't and not showing them that I understand halfling. So those are like you know things that I'm hoping just goes under the radar. So anything that they do, I'm going to try to blank face through it all to make sure that they don't know or they don't think that I understand what they're saying. And so that's going to be like you know how I'm going to behave through the whole thing is you know in case it comes up. But I think it's going to be, they're going to test me out to see how well I do, I think, just before, you know, they take Lawrence's word. So this is going to be mainly scouting missions where it's going. they're going to have me keep an eye on someone or notice what some, like, you know, notice patterns and no, like, you know, um, follow people, see what they're doing, see if there's anything worth reporting about them. So, yeah, like, give you know, me a, give me an insight. You're right. They're doing a lot of this stuff and having to do this, but give me an insight to kind of figure out what they're doing. 16 on the dice plus 6. Okay. Yeah, you think that a lot of the things they're sending you to do are just sort of figuring out what your skills are. And you're able to hide some of the things you're capable of doing. You are asked to follow around. Like, you don't know this immediately, but you gather as much information on this person as you can, and you determine that this Antonio Borgo is not really an important no. threat. <laughs> is he an asshole? Yeah. He's a, he's a pompous, no. terrible dick. But he's clear, like, if he had any secrets that were worth knowing, you, he would blurt them out. You're pretty sure. So you you determine this guy's not a threat, and but it's a test to gather as much as you can. And you do gather a bit of dirty laundry on this guy because, one, it's so easy to find, and two, you don't like him anyway. Yeah, no, his voice grates on my soul. And then, um, like, you know, if they're like, no, you need to follow that guy for another day, I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Do you hear me? No. <laughs> so, so you can tell that this is sort of like a testing period. And as you get a little bit more into their graces, give me a separate... So how are you gathering information on them? I assume you want to know more about Gaius and Brutus? Mm-hmm. So during this, how do you imagine that you're finding more out about them? Usually I'm. what I'm doing is going to the bar that like you know, they usually meet up at and... Like, you know, so she's going to start spending time at the bars, like, you know, just like drinking or, you know, falling asleep there 
They're going to get more used to her being there in the background and not understanding what she's saying and so talking about other things as well. Give me a stealth, then. 22. Okay. Then I will allow you a perception as you just kind of listen in on things going on that maybe they don't think too hard about you hearing. 22. 12 again. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, 21. I only have a plus 9 to in the perception. Oh, how terrible. So... You hear a bit about them. Sometimes you just kind of hear some basic information. So you can tell that Gaius has actually been living in the city for about five or six years, and Brutus has been here probably like 15, 18 months or so. And they've got like jobs in the city as well. So while you're going off to the castle, Gaius works down at the docks. And Brutus is working as a bouncer in some high-class bar. So they've got normal jobs and vaguely normal lives as well. Gaius doesn't talk way too much, so you don't really pick too much up about him. But Brutus does occasionally mention family back in Sithis, the catfolk lands that are kind of split between the DMNK and Valua. You don't find out too much more about this uh, Raymond Coombs. He doesn't pop in too often. As far as you can tell, only Brutus goes and meets with him. Um, Alright. And after like a couple of days of this, not like a whole week, but then after a couple of days of this, I'm going to say, hey guys, I could really use um, some money. So I I thought I'd be doing jobs helping you that would earn some money. We're doing this for principle. They don't pay you well enough the castle? I got debts. Why do you th- why do you think I took a job bloody dead of all places? Give me some sort of deception or something. Fuck. That's that's a stretch. That's a that's one of the premier guarding jobs in the city. Thirteen. Oh no, not a cat fucking say. Oh no. He's a little incredulous, like, huh. Would assume they pay you better. Well, also, that they would have looked into your debts if you got them. That seems like a pretty big oversight in their part. Well, they wouldn't have offered me a job if they knew about the debts, would they? He nods at that. What kind? Gambling. Yeah, right on. What's your What's your sin? Cards. <laughs> I, I I'm shit at them, but like you know, I I sometimes I go on a winning streak, and sometimes I just win that one game that I need to win. But just lady luck, man. Lady luck. He actually rolled a little bit above your insight. But I'm going to kind of presume a failure as long as you keep running with this. Because he's like, you know what? I'm going to eat stipends right now. What do you say we blow him? Come on. I know a great casino here in town. I'm like, well, is guys coming along? Hey, guys, you coming? Guys, kind of like, hisses a little bit and like no guys ain't coming yeah let's blow some money and then he kind of goes back and like brutus is a much bigger dude and he's kind of got an arm around guys he's like no guys is coming yeah no let's go do this okay why don't you give me a con save just for as you start getting not 20 you are holding your liquor exceptionally well as are the two cats although 
Not quite as strongly as you. What's your con mod, though? They might Plus have... three. Okay, yeah. Actually, no, I lied to you. Plus two. Okay. Then Brutus is keeping up all right. Guy is a little bit less so. but And you can tell that, you know, now he still remains kind of quiet, but Gaius is not quite as off-putting as weird once he's got a little bit of drinks in him. Again, still <laughs> quiet, but just he's not starey and intense and strange. He just yeah. seems like he likes listening, you know? Mm. And why don't you... You don't actually have any card rolls, do you? I have sleight of hand, which I'm going to... Do you want to cheat? You can roll sleight of hand to cheat. How good is the table we're at? Like, is this high-class 10 on 10 casino that we're at? Or just, like, some board kid? Give me an insight. 17. It's a nice-ish casino, but it's in a rough... Not rough part of town, but in a part of town where your guard instincts tell you that... The, the tables are not exactly perfectly fair and balanced, even by casino standards. All right. So I don't want to cheat too hard, but, you know, enough to keep enough to make sure that Brutus is having a good time. OK. And like the the bets aren't too high yeah. for the most part, like hands are a few gold. You know, it's not like one of the noble casinos where you're going to bet, you know, a thousand on a single hand. This is it's. Definitely a bit, because, you know, a gold is like a full day's wages for a skilled laborer. So, like, you technically probably earn a gold or two per day working at the castle. So so you could quickly go through, like, months, technically, of pay here if you weren't paying much attention. Mm. However, But each hand is not that high. So do you want to cheat at this place? Not significantly, but... Um... Let's see how good my rolls are first, right? Let's see how much I'm winning. No, you have to commit to what you're doing before you roll. So you can try to win money. You can try to just not lose money, or you can aim to just play. I'm going to fifty-fifty. I'm going to cheat, but not significantly. I'm going to win like one in five games or something. As I'm reading, you want to basically not end up worse off. Yes. Okay, so. You're not aiming to win. You might even lose a little, but you're going to prevent... You're going to cheat just enough to counteract the cheating so that you might win a little. Yeah. Okay. Then give me the slate of hand. Fourteen. Okay. Then, as you're playing cards, you have no proficiencies, I assume. And I, this is definitely an int thing. Given that your slate of hand was not very good, I'm not going to give advantage on this. Just roll it. Nat 20. <laughs> it's not 20 you, plus zero. But. Yeah, you accomplish what you were trying to do. Even though your cheating was not very good, it turns out you just play cards well enough and are able to cheat just enough hands that it doesn't stack up on you. I think you've lost money. Like He got everybody like 30 gold, so you walk out of there with like 15 to 20. And I'll roll for them. Brutus is broke. He's lost all 30. Gaius, like, gave up after he... And he he took some convincing to go in at all. This isn't really his thing. But he did worse on the drinking. So once he went in, he bet, like, a couple big hands and lost them all. And then he stepped out before he had everything gone. So he just... He walked away when he was at 10. Brutus just went broke. 
but you remain, you walk out of there at like 25-ish. All right. And that's what you were aiming for. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Then Brutus being broke is a good enough time. And he kind of like, just like, hey, you're going to spend all that? You want to pass that around? And he kind of like punched in the shoulder like, I'm kidding. Yeah, you don't have to do that. No, I pass it around. I'm like, yeah, this is all I'll need for the next couple of days. So, yeah. are you sending some home to, like, Catlands or whatever? That's taken care of. Before I take any of mine out. But no, no, this one's for me. Let's go back, pretty bull. Waves around your gold like dinner's on midnight. <laughs> Sounds good, Brutus. Uh, you're headed back that way. How tall is Gaius? Gaius is about like five foot seven ish. So still taller than me. Yeah, and he's got a reddish sort of fur, like kind of that reddish black, slenderish sort of build. Gaius is a big dude. He's kind of got like a thick blackish mane to him, but the rest of him is you know more lighter colored browns and stuff. And he's got to be like six foot two ish. I tried. I. I... I hop up and I have to hop up to do this, but I put my hand around Gaius and I was like, you're a cool dude. You, it's glad you came around with us. I don't let out too often. Well. But it's good to see him having fun. He doesn't do that often? He keeps it in. He puts on a brave face, but I know him. So he's the one who's been here for 18 months, right? Like, not that I know, not that I'm mentioning this. This is out of character asking a question. Yeah, Brutus hasn't been here as long. Aw, you're making me sympathize with the evil people. But did you have something you wanted to ask of guys? No, I just say, oh, does he? Is is everything okay? No, that's why we're here. It's true. Well, I hope this guy, this Antonio that you're making me follow around, I hope he's giving you the information you need. We've been testing you. It's all right. You've pretty much passed. We'll start letting you in on things. All right. As long as I never have to see Antonio again. <laughs> I hope not, too. As you go to this place, they are serving pan-fried pork on top of, like, mashed potatoes mm-hmm. with, like, a side of, like, zucchini lemon dill salad. That sounds nice. Is it, like, a pork, pork chops? chops? yeah. I've never had pork chops, so I don't know if that'll be any good. <laughs> I don't actually like pork chops very much. <laughs> Give me a quick insight. 18 on the dice plus, I want to say, 6. They're pretty drunk. They're eating and occupied. Like This is a reasonable chance to do a little bit of espionage, if you wanted. <sighs> Scary. But okay, I'll do it. I say I need to go pee. So, all right. So, I will go sneak about. Okay. Stealth? Yeah, give me the stealth. <laughs> Can you look at my nat 20, please? <laughs> I observe. That's a 30. Oof. Yeah. Take advantage on the lockpicking. You're so quiet and you just sneak off before they even really notice. Two tens. So what's my lockpicking? Is it just proficiency and dex? Yeah. 17. Which room do you want to start with, Gaius or Brutus? Gaius. Okay. You pop open the room real quick. And you can give me an investigation. See what you can see if you like. I'm going to use my inspiration. Okay. That was a nat 1 for all the three nat 20s Uh-oh. that I just had. Okay, that's not too bad. That's 18. Okay. You gather 
through a few things. You have you try not to take too much time, but you can. Do you want to like take some of them, or do you just want to read as quickly as possible? Read as quickly as possible. Okay, so you start skimming through, and you definitely see that there are some mentions of these elves. You think that they might have been in contact with, if not Anyaokak, the fellow that you met and teleported away at the Temple of Ganesh himself, then they had been working through intermediaries with him. One of the things that stands out to you is that you think that through this contact with the DMNK, with the halfling delegation, that might have been how the elves in that siege ended up with a lot of their magic items, including that staff of teleport. Hmm. Okay. Do you still want to try one of the other rooms? No, I'll get another chance to do this, maybe. I'll give them more time, because um, as far as I know, I've just been let loose, and not everything has to be tonight. And Brutus being newer may not have things. Uh, And I'm going to, like, super drunkenly say, didn't that guy tell me that there was like one more of you guys and Brutus also a bit drunkenly like we only know the few people here and each one reports up one further so that you know if you ever get found out there's only so many up the scale you can sell out Ah, it's actually how we uh, how we did it in Catland sometimes back in Sithis when we were fighting and he kind of gets his far away look I let him have his faraway look moment, and I say, So do I report to you guys? Like, yeah. Technically, you report to me. Oh. Guys, this is number two. If anything happens to me, you follow him. Okay. What could but happen? until he kills me, you know, just follow me. All right. Well, what he could kind of, g- like, pushes guys who falls over <laughs> in his chair. Oh, I, I, I go help a guys. I'm like, guys, is not going to kill no one. <laughs> Brutus goes, excuses himself as well, and as, uh, give me a perception. Eleven. <laughs> then you do not notice whoever approached the bar from the side and set off the explosives. What explosives? Santa Claus is calling it. Fuck you, I hit you <laughs> so much! Why do you do this every fucking time? I want to know who set up the explosion! And you might find out next time. So I <laughs> hope you come back and listen to us again. You can follow us at MarriedND. You can email us MarriedND at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. Hope to have you back. Goodbye. Good night. Um, bonus, uh, bonus action hide. Oh my yeah. god, you should keep quiet. <laughs> Everyone's on Twitch all of a sudden. I will silence my phone just in case too.
Even though nobody talks to me and I have no notifications. Smites to a fifth level power than get. So that counts as a third level caster. No, he would be four and two. I can check. Okay. I might leave this in if I was right. If I was wrong, just cut the whole thing. At fifth level, they have four first level and two second level. Fucking spot on. <laughs>